Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first session of Star Trek JAG. Well, technically the second if you watch Session Zero, but this is the first real session of Star Trek JAG. For those count. who are... Yeah, it doesn't count. Um, for those who are unfamiliar, uh, we are an actual play podcast that is using the Star Trek Adventures rule system by Modifius. But we're running with the interesting idea of the players being all members of the JAG Corps, which you may recognize as being basically Starfleet's lawyers. So you can expect to see some legal drama, some courtroom drama, a stereotypical suit, law and order, CS NCIS, that sort of thing. Uh, what I would say, though, is don't stress if you can't stick around for the full session or if you want to just catch up. The VODs and audio-only versions will be on YouTube and most of the popular podcast solutions. And yes, just know that is a Josh. This this is Josh in the flesh. We'll get to him in a moment. Um, the one thing I do have to say at the top of the stream is that we are doing on the channel a donation to the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network for the month. And what that means is all bits, subs, and donations that I personally receive, half of that's going to go to ASAN. You can also donate directly to ASAN through a link in chat by doing exclamation mark charity in chat. Sh Chatbot should give you a link. Just click through, and it should actually show up on that tracker I have up on screen. So real quick, i got to give a few shout-outs for those who donated off-screen. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Laf, or Leif, thank you so much for the 100. And Anonymous, thank you for the 50. I wish you had given me a name, but Anonymous is always acceptable as well. But with that said, let's go around and have everyone introduce themselves, starting with Mr. Josh. Hello, folks. GM Josh here. A longtime player and associate here of ELH. I will be playing Rear Admiral Crove, the Klingon Judge. Highest officer on the the Kogli. That's me. Mm -hmm. Your next X. Oh yeah, um, I'm Professor X, and I will be playing Reno, uh, the Ferengi uh, judge advocate, uh, who is uh, a friend to all but slave to none, as one of his uh, values goes. Um, he's uh, fond of uh uh interstellar whiskeys uh and um mild uh creeping uh on uh certain starfleet officers uh so which you will you might enjoy as long as it's a good fun and certainly last but not least mr dante oh kitty Hello. oh yeah this is my uh little girl pete uh, named for Peter Parker. She'll be joining me in the co-pilot chair. Uh, I play Lieutenant Commander uh, Leif Ez, one of the JAG officers aboard the ship, uh, and he believes that everyone def uh, everyone deserves an advocate, and uh, he does everything in his power to uh, do that, uh, help people when they need it. Love it. And if you don't know me by now, I'm ELH the Game Master, and we're just going to jump straight into play. So, Mr. Josh, I believe you have the opening log today, so take it away. Deputy Judge Advocates Log, Stardate 9409.2. The Cogley is proceeding to the Smear system near the border of Tholian space for a most unusual situation. 
The planet Smear is a shared site for both a Federation colony and a Tholian one. The two have existed peacefully for some time and formed an almost symbiotic trading relationship. We've received word of a dispute between one of the Tholian merchants and a Starfleet officer concerning a rare piece of mining equipment. It is my hope that we can help uncover the truth of this situation and return order to the planet, as Smear is vitally important to making peaceful inroads with the Tholians. End log. Very nice. So we start today's session with an external view of the Smear system. Now, Smear itself is somewhat like uh, Saturn in that it is a Class M world, but it actually has a ring, uh, much like Saturn, that traverses the entire uh, circumference of the planet. Um, the planet itself is sort of a wash of browns and blacks, uh, not a whole lot of green to be seen from space at least. And what you're also noticing as the camera sort of pans over the planet is that there are a number of trading vessels of all make and model going to and from the planet's surface. So it's a, it's a fairly busy colony, all things considered. Um, noticeably, though, it's not just the Federation or freelance traders. There are actual Tholian ships like mesh weavers and whatnot sort of hanging out in orbit and otherwise just providing a peacekeeping force which is an odd thing to consider given how xenophobic the Tholians are, but that seems to be what's going on. And we sort of pan to the right a little bit, still with the planet in view, and a vortex opens up, and coming out of the transwarp vortex is the Cogli. Now, the Cogli itself is a Glen class, or basically the STO version of the Crossfield class. So it's kind of got that round pizza cutter-like saucer section, the very long nacelles, the trapezoidal secondary hull, but it's a little bit more sleek, a little bit more modern, and in general uh, is quite the, uh, what's the phrase I used in the first session? Lawyer hot rod, I believe. It's a very mm -hmm. nice ship is what I'm getting at. But we zoom in uh, towards the bridge of the Cogley, and all of you, Admiral, Lieutenant Commanders, you're all on the bridge just sort of supervising as the rest of the crew bring in the Cogley to orbit. And as you sort of take in the sights, see Smear itself, I wanted to give you all a moment to roleplay before I started throwing any communications your way. Well, does the sight of all these Tholian ships make anybody else nervous, or is it just me? Well, I, I would be uh, uh, betraying myself uh, if I said that uh, that they, this wasn't an excellent opportunity to meet new uh, and valuable partners in business and life. But um, when when one is uh, a strange, crystalline glowy creature, then uh, it tends to, to put a damper on uh, uh, ice breaking. Probe is standing off to the side. He has a heavier scowl than usual, which is really saying something. But he's got his arms crossed. He's probably not even close to the captain's chair because that's not his job. But he's just standing there scowling, being very unhappy Klingon. Is there uh, something wrong, Admiral? No, Lieutenant Commander. The situation is unusual, to say the least. Well, uh, we uh, 
I believe we specialize in the unusual and the unfortunate, so uh, this should just be another uh, another day in the week for us. Indeed. There is much at stake here beyond just simple diplomacy with Etholians. Uh, the Smear Planet is a shining example of what a partnership with another species could be. If we could use this to make inroads with the Tholian assembly, uh, that would be absolutely fantastic. Indeed, Lieutenant Commander. In fact, I will accept nothing but absolute success in our efforts. Uh, you say that, and he looks down at his hands, checks his fingers. There's ten of them. Nothing but the best. He notices uh, you doing that, and he smiles with all of his, his like sharp teeth. Indeed. Uh, Reno notices uh, Leif noticing his own fingers and then for a, he, he takes a moment he's a little puzzled at first and then it suddenly comes to him and he, he lets out a, a little um, involuntary ah, ah, ah mm, <clears throat> uh, excuse me sir <laughs> I have a little problem with my throat there uh, yeah, yes uh, we uh, 100% success uh, excellent uh, uh, execution uh, top top to bottom Indeed, Lieutenant Commander, as I said, I will expect nothing less. And real quick housekeeping. Um, so since uh, GM Josh is playing an Admiral, one of the benefits of being an Admiral is they are basically able to give everybody a free focus for the mission. So it looks like we've nominated Xenobiology as something everybody can use as a focus. So just make a small note of that somewhere. But it is at this point that the reigning bridge officer, um, who I probably should get a name for at some point, but they just aren't that important right now. But whoever's on duty sort of turns to you, Admiral, and says, uh, Admiral, we're getting a communication from the surface. Uh, would you like me to handle it or should I direct it to your ready room or here on the bridge? And Crove hesitates for a moment. I will leave it to you, Captain, to take care of. Which might be a little unusual. I would imagine as the high, as the ranking officer, he would probably handle diplomatic communications himself, but he's deferring that to someone else, which is a little out of place. A lot of place, got it. So I think what's going to happen then is the captain, who I will figure out a name for by break, uh, the captain turns to the view screen and says, all right, folks, view screen on. And probably a good thing that the admiral was not on screen because what appears on screen is not the colony leader that you might have been expecting. Instead, it is indeed a Tholian in all their crystalline glory. Now, this Tholian is the stereotypical orange of their kind, sort of that crystalline spider-like alien being. But instead of it being sort of a smooth head or somewhat like an ants, it's one of those higher-ranking Tholians, or at least one of the Tholians with sort of the bulky collar of crystal, that almost forms into a crown above its head. And I'm not going to do a voice for the Tholian because it would literally kill my throat, but if you will imagine, the voice that comes through is very high-pitched, definitely coming through a translator, in general, a little grating to listen to. But uh, the Tholian comes on screen and says, This is Nostreen of the Tholian Assembly. We welcome you, USS Samuel T. Cogley, to smear. And the captain says, uh, pleasure's all ours. Um, we understand there's some form of a diplomatic incident. We are here to assist. 
Ah, yes, there is a reported incident. We trust that you will find, as we have, that your officers in Starfleet have erred and have offended the Assembly. And at this, I think the captain kind of looks very side-eyed at the Admiral off-screen, like, should he say something, or...? And Crove keeps his arms crossed and stands off-screen. He leaves it to the captain. All right. Then, of course, the captain, quickly taking the notice, says... Uh, right, uh, Mr. Nushtreen, well, uh, we will be sending down a landing party delegation very shortly. Uh, we'll be in touch. Cogly out. And then the yeoman on duty takes the cue to cut the view screen. And then, uh, you know, let's call him uh, Captain Marcus. That'll be his name, Captain Marcus. So Captain Marcus slinks back in his chair a little bit and goes, Ooh, okay, was not expecting a Tholian. Um, yeah, they look like you're going to have a fun time down there, Admiral. Captain, the reason I passed you uh, communication was because the situation with the Klingon Empire and the Tholian Assembly is strained at best. In particular, my own history with the Tholian Assembly might color the attitudes of some. While I only have uh, good things, good thoughts for the Tholian Assembly, it might be best to keep me out of the forefront unless necessary. And Marcus looks like he wants to say something further, but he has the better presence of mind not to do so, and instead asks, uh, Very good, sir. Uh, should I have one of the Delta Flyers prepared, or will you be beaming down? I will be staying aboard this vessel, so I will leave that to the away team. And he turns to Leif and Reno. Well, it seems that our work's going to be cut out for us and we've learned something new about folians they don't believe in innocent until proven guilty so i think easier is best i vote transporter is it is it gonna be that shrill the whole time i can't say i was fond of that it might get worse actually can we uh get uh can I get an ensign to bring me some, like, plugs or something? Dampeners? <laughs> I, I think one of the ensigns that's sort of waiting in the wings, like, runs over to a replicator and starts replicating a Ferengi uh, pattern, like, earplug of some sort for you. And, like, runs up to you and hands it to you. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, I would also vote for transporter. I think that's probably the easiest way to go. Um. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the sure, he tries to sort of like jam it in there. And... <clears throat> Very good. So real quick though, um, so GM Josh, I understand that you actually have a particular supporting character that you want to have follow along with uh, everybody else. Could you introduce us to them? Sure. The supporting character is named Lieutenant Hamilton. It goes by the nickname of Ham. And Hamilton is the guy behind the computer, which in this case might actually be traveling with you. Uh, but he does not exactly fit the model role that you would think of for a Starfleet officer. He often forgets the chain of command. Uh, he's very interested in machines and technology and uh, sometimes to a fault. He, of course, will be insubordinate, but uh, he, he often gets excited at you know, new shiny things that in gizmos, the way they work, often forgetting about decorum and things. Got it, got it. 
So we see a very brief vignette of uh, both Lieutenant Commanders and Ham uh, stepping into the transporter. And when you rematerialize, it is on the surface of Smear. Because, of course, I had to do the Law and Order sound. So when you materialize on the surface of Smear, uh, what you see immediately is that the colony actually isn't really based on the ground. I mean, there's still things connecting the colony to the ground, like various pipes and various drills and other sorts of very thin-looking support structures. But interestingly, the colony itself, or at least the Federation side of the colony, is floating, meaning that it is being suspended by balloons, by anti-gravity units, and in general, maybe even a maglev effect. And what you're seeing is that the structure closest to you, where you've beamed in, seems to be the communication hub. Uh, you're seeing a quite a large number of sort of the stereotypical radio dishes. Um, you're seeing a bunch of subspace transceivers. Uh, you're even seeing something that might be a Midas array, which would allow it to communicate with the greater Federation at large. And what I would say is that not so far in the distance you can't make it out, but still... A fair distance away, you see a thick cylinder of a building that is marked every so often with windows, and you're seeing that ships, the same ships you saw coming and going from the planet, there's a constant stream in and out of what you assume must be one of the main docking bays of the colony. Now, as far as where you've been dimmed specifically, um, you're now on a dirt path, and there's a few people, you know, just milling about, doesn't seem to really care that you've just beamed down. But there is a pathway to an elevator, which the shaft does connect to the greater colony buildings. And that's where I'll drop you in, because where you go from here is entirely on your call. I, I think they missed the colony when they transported us down. I wonder why you suspend buildings with an anti-grav like that. That's just asking for a problem. I, I kind of love it. Ah, the the balloons aren't a problem. <laughs> what? <laughs> I turned to face Rena. I'm like, pull them out. Oh, yeah. Oh. Okay. Could you say that again? Well, and you hear a crunch and uh ham is actually eating some pretzels apparently he brought in a little bag and he's like well oh sorry would you like one no i'm good thank you yeah yeah and uh he's gonna take uh a couple they're pretty just, stale like you can imagine they, they might have been in his pocket for a while is uh, are pretzels the most diplomatic snack uh you could have chosen uh, I don't know. They're just what I had. Okay. What's what's your name again? Uh, they uh, Lieutenant Lieutenant Hamilton. Uh, just call me Ham. Right, Ham. Um. Just keep in mind that we're going to be talking to the Tholians, who are, uh, by all accounts, in a, a very tenuous relationship with um everyone so uh you know try not to you know chop down stale pretzels in front of their face uh body torso thing crystalline oh. structure right yeah oh sure uh, won't be offensive or anything 
right. I'll take. I'll uh, let you guys handle the diplomacy part. Uh, so, Leif, uh, what do you think? Are we uh, are we get trying to get over to the Federation side of things, or are we just going to start our investigation here? Uh, I think a little bit of both. Uh, I want to know more about this lift that uh, presumably goes into the colony. And uh, I think, why not take that up and find some information at the same time? Works for me. And you see him pop the, uh, the earplugs back in. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I'd love to see how this thing works. Huh? Well. <laughs> He's going to uh, eat one of the pretzels. Uh, just how stale are they? They're pretty stale. You wouldn't eat them probably on your own. Yeah, so he takes a crunch of one and then just opens his other hand and lets the rest fall to the ground without really moving much. And Ham doesn't even notice. Love it. Love it. So yeah, uh, you all head over towards where you saw the lift. And actually, as you approach, you realize that the lift is much larger than you expected. Um, what I mean in particular is from a distance, it looked to be your standard cargo elevator, something you might find on like a galaxy class starship. But this is something that is quite, I'm trying to figure out of a good comparison. I want to say the lift itself is almost half the size of a football field. So it is... What is that? So it's 50 yards. I forget what that is in meters, something like 60 something meters. It's it's fairly large is what I'm getting at. And it's a circular disc that is lifted up by the same type of anti-grav units that suspend the greater colony. But it's actually fortuitous because you arrive right before uh, one of the main lifts occur. So you're able to squeeze onto the platform with a bunch of other cargo vessels, cargo lifters, bits of supplies, uh, other people that are going up to the colony. And as the sort of lift begins to start lifting into the air, um, it, there's almost a sense of vertigo for everybody for a moment. But as it sorts, starts to accelerate at a more steady pace, that feeling sort of drops away. And you keep going up and up and up maybe about six or seven stories up, and then you start to enter into the actual facility itself. And when you do so, uh, maybe about after another two, three minutes of waiting, uh, you arrive in what is essentially a gigantic atrium. And when I say atrium, I mean quite literally glass dome. Uh, there's some greenery, some shrubs, some trees. There's even a few real birds flying about. Um, it is the stereotypical interior of a Federation colony. And as everybody else on the lift begins to filter off, I'm curious what you all are doing uh, after having experienced that. A little sea leg wobbly, uh, but uh, mainly curious about the people working the lift. Okay. So there are a few dock workers um, that you could flag down and ask questions if that was something you wanted to do. Oh, yes, definitely. But while while Leif is doing that, uh, uh, I'd also like to... You mentioned that there were lifters, cargo mm -hmm. lifters, on the actual lift itself. Correct. Um, if, uh, I would just like to flag one of the operators down and, and try to ask them, you know, a question or two. Sure. 
And then Ham, are you doing anything special? Ham is not really paying attention to any of the people. He's looking like trying to understand how the, the lift works. And he, he leans over to Commander Leif and he says, Hey, Commander, what did the Airlon say to the wingtip? What? What did the Airlon say to the wingtip? Need a lift? Get it? The Airlon yeah. is part of a wing. Yeah. That's congratulations, Ham. Thank you, sir. Uh, I bring lots Good. to the table. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it from your expression, Leif, that he said it wasn't good what he said. Am I right? Just nod your head. I can't hear you. Yeah. Just nod yeah. your head. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, if it's all right with you, Lieutenant Commanders, I'd like to just poke around. This thing's pretty interesting. Hey, yeah, you know what? Go ahead, just don't break anything. Well, if I break it, I'll try to make sure there's nobody on it. Don't Hey, do you know what Nimtok is? I sure don't. So Nimtok is a Klingon practice where they take a finger every time you mess up. Don't break anything. Oh. Uh Yes, sir. Uh I like all my digits. Although, now that I'm thinking about it, I could replace one. Nope, oh, there should not be an all though in that finger, sentence. Not a... at all. This is bad. Understood, sir. I don't want to get you in trouble. I'll only, set, I'll only take a look at the list that nobody's using. All right. So let's do with Leif first. So Leif, uh, when you go to approach the dock workers, what you notice is that a majority of them are wearing civilian clothes. There's actually only one individual in a Starfleet uniform, and they have a rank of uh, chief petty officer, so they're just an enlisted. But uh, as you approach, uh, the dock workers sort of give you a glance, but then sort of nod you over at the chief petty officer as if it's above their pay grade, if you get their meaning. Okay. Uh, so I will approach, uh, approach the chief petty officer. All right. And what you notice is that they are indeed a human, and they are maybe about 5'3". Uh, they have ashen hair, uh, a beard that would suggest that they're sort of keeping it, but not really. Um, it, it's kind of that messy you get where you're not combing the beard. It's in general kind of scruffy looking. But uh, when he turns to you, uh, he sort of looks you up and down and goes, Ah, uh, another Federation Starfleet type. Uh, you just come in? Yes, we just arrived on the Cogley. Ah, so you're the ship, new ship in orbit. Well, uh, and he holds out a hand for a handshake. Uh, my name is, uh, and there's an odd pause. Like he legitimately can't remember his name for a moment. And if you would like to roll me an insight and a medicine here, I will allow you to maybe glean some further in some information here. Sure. Insight. Oh, there we go. Medicine. Uh, difficulty of one here. Okay. Drunk. I don't have any focuses that would apply to this. Yeah, I don't think you have any, unfortunately. Survey says... Would Xenobiology be a focus? 
Well, he's it, human, I, so I don't think xenobiology quite counts as a focus. Well, to be perfectly fair, humans are xeno to somebody. I mean, that is true. <laughs> Life is. I don't. I, I don't think it would fit in this instance, but good thinking. Did it? Uh, did it not go through? Or no, I've just done it a second time. Hmm, that's concerning. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. That that could make things difficult. Um. Hmm. Let me try rolling something manually. Let me see if that'll. All right. Yeah, I rolled manually. Try it one more time. See if uh, see if it's okay. just backed up. Wouldn't be a stream without something being scuffed. I mean, it is tradition. Oh. All right. There it goes. There it goes. We'll take that first roll. So with an insight in medicine, two successes, uh, you do get a momentum. And what you're noticing is that this man, whoever he is, he has very obvious signs of sleep deprivation. As in, he has been up for one too many shifts, and by all rights, he should not be here working at the moment. He's sort of at that borderline between where you're so, you know, you're so, you're, ah, you are so tired that it's like you're drunk, and it's one of those that, you probably should relieve him of duty if you so wish to kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, that's actually exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to say chief petty officer. I believe that you shouldn't be uh, on shift right now. You appear to be uh, incapable of doing your job properly. Uh, I'm going to have to relieve you of duty. And uh, the CPO sort of blinks very blearily at you for a moment and goes, uh, I mean, that is your right, sir, but I will simply tell you that we run a very, very tight schedule here on Smear. If I'm not around to keep these jokels and emotions at the dock workers, if I'm not here to supervise those jokels, uh, we're going to fall behind really quickly. Well, schedules are schedules, but the health and well-being of Federation citizens is far more important. I'd rather not see someone die due to incompetence. Hey, no skin off my teeth. I'll take a, some rack time if I'm given it. Uh, but uh, so when my supervisor comes yelling at me, what's uh, what's your name? So I know who to, who to tell him to go chasing after. Lieutenant Commander Leif Ez. I'm a JAG officer. Mm. JAG? Oh, you must be here for the... Um... The Vimian thing. Yes, and I do have a few questions if you're capable of answering them. Well, you did just kind of relieve me of duty, but if you were to reverse that, maybe I'll remember some things. I think I can find somebody else to answer my questions. And you could tell that he definitely looks a little bit unpleased with that, but he's not going to push it further. And yeah, I'll just let them walk off. Yeah, it's at this point we're actually going to transition to sort of left stage of the current scene over to Lieutenant Commander Reno. So Reno, if I understand correctly, you wanted to check out one of the cargo lifts. Yeah, I want to go. I want to approach specifically one of the cargo lifters that mm. is manned right now. Mm. Um, I just kind of want to get a get a look at the the machine and also you know talk to the jockey, right? You know the operator. Okay. 
So you actually have a choice between which cargo lift you approach. Uh, there's one uh, that stands out to you as the largest, and it is actually enclosed. Uh, not unlike a truck here on Earth, uh, just a little bit more wide. Well, not a little bit more, a lot more wide. Um, this is probably a large enough sealed container that it would be the equivalent of four sea containers on Earth stacked in like a square rectangle kind of a thing. And there is actually two people uh, behind the wheel, quote unquote, uh, in the main cabin. And that's the largest one. There's a few medium sized ones that are open bed. So you can see the containers and the barrels and whatnot that are on the platform that it's being towed. And then the smallest ones are maybe about the size of like an actual pickup truck, uh, like a Ford F-150, where... Um, the main cabin maybe sits about four people on a good day and is meant to take sort of fast courier loads, if that makes any sense. So mm -hmm. which of those would you like to approach? Uh, well, first, um, I'd like to ask, uh, based on the briefing that we had and any kind of information that was already transmitted to us, either from the Federation or the Tholian side, mm -hmm. do we know, one, um, what... Uh, what kind, you know, what class, so to speak, what size of cargo lifter that uh, Vimen uh, was operating? Uh, do we know that? Or uh, do we know roughly the size of the mining tool that was stolen? So what you would see is that, at least as far as you can tell looking at your pad, is that there was a discrepancy in the logging of the event. It was originally scheduled for one of the larger uh, lifters, so the largest ones, the the big concealed one. But mm -hmm. for whatever reason, the package got downsized to one of the almost personal transport levels. Okay. Then I would make a beeline straight for the the smallest one, the uh, the more express, you know, uh, lifter. Gotcha. So sitting behind the uh, the wheel of this uh, personal cargo lifter. Uh, is actually a Tellarite, uh, which kind of has that sort of pig nose, scrunched up face, scraggly hair, you know, general disposition that would suggest that he doesn't want to be anywhere near you. And when you get his attention, he kind of looks at you and says, yeah, what the hell do you want? I would uh, uh, immediately sort of like put a, a, a kind of a scowl on my face. And as I'm removing the the, the earplugs, I would uh, approach him and and sort of just right out the gate. I, I'm not going to take that shit from you. Now you're going to answer my questions, or I'm going to beat you about the head. Yeah, you couldn't beat your meat. You you don't scare me, buddy. You see this? You see this badge, son? This means that I'm Starfleet, and I am a lieutenant commander. I can have your ass for breakfast. You understand me? Well, that would imply you knew how to have breakfast that didn't involve eating ass. I eat many different kinds of breakfast, some of which, I will not lie, include some variety of ass. But yours can be on the menu if you don't answer my questions. Or I can haul you right up to the Tholian authorities, and they can throw you into some kind of uh, crystal fucking pit. I mean, how you like that? I think he actually cracks a smile at that, and he says, well, it's good to see at least some people understand how to talk to Tellarites properly. What can I do for you, sir? Uh, it's not my first rodeo. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, 
Well, I, I'm here, uh, obviously, on behalf of the, the JAG, right, to uh, talk about this whole uh, Vimin situation with the mining tool and all that. You probably oh, yes, heard of that. talk of the colony. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to ask a couple of questions about this lifter, you know, what it does, uh, how to operate it, that sort of thing. Are you you qualified for that? Well, I hope I'm qualified, because if not, um, my ass is literally on the line. Yeah, and then nobody's having breakfast, right? And uh, yeah, uh, I guess I'll go over the basics then. So as you can probably tell, uh, the load I got in the back there, it's in a container. Uh, we don't typically cover the back of the lifter. We usually, since there's, they spend so little time on the surface, we don't see the need for it unless there's like a heavy storm rolling in. Uh, <laughs> in general, we can maybe take about... Maybe about 40 tons, metric tons of uh, of equipment if we need to. Uh, trying to think what else is really important. I mean, it's pretty much what you see is what you get. Just a small transport that gets you from point A to point B in a uh, rather expedient fashion. And now, uh, in terms of operating this lifter, can anyone just sort of walk in, you know, towards the control panel and and get it moving? Or does it require a little bit more skill than that? Eh, typically, you need an access code from one of your supervisors. Uh, I actually can't think of anyone who actually owns their own vehicle uh, here in the colony. I think most people contract would be a word I would use. Now, this uh, access code. Now, who normally doles that those out? Uh, as I said, it would be through the supervisor on duty. Uh, there's a lot of companies here. Uh, myself, as you can probably tell, and he sort of slaps the side of his door, and you see that there's kind of a a winged Tellarite on them. Like it's almost like a cherub style sort of. Um, what's the thing they they put onto the jets? Like they do that sort of artwork. I forget what it's called. Um, oh yeah, those sort of the little bombshell kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The things, bombshell yeah. babes, I think, is what it is. Um, but it's one of those, and he kind of slaps it and says. As you can tell, I'm uh, I'm with the uh, Cherubs of Smear. We're a uh, transport company. Takes stuff to and from the docks. Ah, yes. The few, the proud, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm. So uh, if somebody had an access code, they could just sort of stroll in here and operate the lift by themselves, right? That's correct. Now, do you happen to know anything about uh, Vimin, particularly the uh, the Vorta, uh, who was uh, accused of this theft? And he gets a little bit more, like his the lines of his face become a little bit more pronounced, and he says, yeah, I know him. Uh, let's just say that uh, between you and me, they kind of uh, get away with too much, if you ask, uh, if you ask me. They... Uh, they cut a lot of corners if you catch my drift. Out of, uh, you think that's laziness or is there something suspect going on? Uh, let me just put it this way. They uh, they don't follow the unwritten rules of transport, if you get my meaning. They, uh, they don't clock in with uh, traffic control. They don't really pay attention to others driving about. Let's just say they're, they're they're the kind of asshole that I wish I could send back to driving school. Hmm. Sloppy, reckless. Does that uh, strike you as the kind of person who would steal an experimental mining tool? Hmm. 
Couldn't tell you if I was being honest, but uh, judging by the fact that she cut me off twice last week, fuck her. Yeah, I'd say that she could steal something. Do you know? Do you know anything about that mining tool? By the way, I don't know how high you are up on the chain. Nah, I know jack shit about it. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about uh, Glanix, the uh, the merchant? Uh, Glanix, uh, I think he's been coming over here to this side to talk with uh, with Depas, but uh, I I don't think Glanix really comes over here aside from that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thank you, my good man. Um, um, this will be very helpful to my case, and uh, I'll make sure, uh, you know, uh, due to your help, that maybe uh, maybe the JAG office will uh, kick something down to you. Maybe a uh, brandy. Do you like a do you like a whiskey or something? I can get you, you know, something nice. <laughs> And he actually laughs openly and says, yeah, yeah, you know, I'd like that. Uh, just tell him to send it to Pragyum. It'll get to me. You got it, bud. And he kind of slaps the side of his truck a little bit, and then he takes off uh, to go deal with his delivery. But, so we're not leaving them out. So, Ham, what are you looking for in particular at this point? I think Ham is just poking around trying to find the most fascinating part of the lift. And even mm-hmm. if there, I, I can imagine there's a scene where he's just, he's found like a cluster of equipment and just technology and he's just kind of poking around and there's probably some maintenance guys and he'll walk over and, and say something like, Hey, uh, Hey man, um, I don't know if you know this, but if you use the T17, uh, self-stealing stimble, self-stealing stimble over there, that probably improve your efficiency a little bit. I've got some of them back on the cogly. So like Ham is not even introducing himself, completely forgotten all formalities. He's just gone right into it. And I think the dock worker just sort of pauses walking by and looks at you and goes, yeah, but if we use that as you suggest, it would also cause operation of the lift to slow down by three seconds, which is a lot less in a lot less efficient than what you're suggesting. Well, that's if you follow those safety specs. You could still redline this. I know I know the, the build here. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, they say, you know, operate within the first 15%, but hey, you could overclock this thing, run it at 70%, and you'll get back those three seconds. And I think the dock worker looks at you with a mixture of confusion and general awe because this is coming from a, like, actual lieutenant of Starfleet, and he eventually just sort of shakes his head and keeps walking and says... Take it up to the boss. I'm just carrying packages to and fro. But Uh, as they're walking away, uh, I would like Ham to roll me an insight and engineering, please. Difficulty of one. Focus in communications? Not for this instance, no. Two successes, you're up to two momentum. So what you're noticing, Ham, is that while there are cameras pointed at regular intervals on the lift, most of them aren't active. And that's odds because something like this should otherwise be something that is monitored 24-7, especially with the amount of cargo that is coming to and fro. Huh. Well, that's kind of weird. Huh. 
And he pulls out a tricorder. Well, let's see. Are these things off or are they broken? So what you see, uh, unless you want to do a difficulty, you know, let's do a difficulty zero roll just to get you guys more momentum. Uh, reason engineering. Communications or computers, Zavokas? I would give you both. Where are we tracking that uh, momentum, by the way, Al? I, I'm fixing it here. Uh, one of the momentums didn't track, so I'm adding it real quick. Okay. All right. Uh, one success, which means you guys are now up to three momentum. And what that's going to mean is that about half the cameras are broken. The other half are deliberately turned off, as in somebody has either disabled them at the camera itself or somewhere higher up. I think Ham would probably try to track down where the control for the cameras is. Like he would follow that line of reasoning. Okay. So if just to give can. you, yeah, 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 just to give you all a chance to reconvene though before you run off uh, on your own. Um, I do want to give Leif and uh, Reno a chance to come together and then maybe see Ham and let you guys go as a group, kind of a thing. So yeah, Leif, you're coming from screen left. Reno, you're coming from screen right. And Ham is uh, center stage. Well, Reno, I hope you had more luck than I did finding information. I met a very, uh, you know, uh, polite Tellarite. Uh, you know, obviously adjusted for scale because, you know, Tellarites. Yes. Uh, yes. But uh, yeah, I got, got some information about the cargo lifters and uh, who's doling out access codes and, you know, couple of bits. So you said you didn't get anything? No, uh, I ran into the chief petty officer and he was out of commission would be a polite way to say it. Uh, so I relieved him of duty and sent him on his way. Was that, was that wise? I mean, he could have gotten somebody seriously injured or killed. Sure, but we don't necessarily want to ruffle the uh, administrative feathers around here just in case something gets back to the old Tholians, you know? That's true, but I couldn't live with myself if I left him there, uh, essentially drunk off his ass on sleep deprivation. Just couldn't mm. have it done. Ham, why are you standing there? Ham has got his tricorder held up and he keeps saying, huh? Well, that's weird. That's damn interesting. Why would you do that? Huh. You got some kind of uh, game there you're playing? Or... And he, he snaps out. Oh, oh, hello. Um, No, I was uh, actually taking a look at the cameras. Have you noticed them around? I would have assumed that there were security cameras. Well, about half of them look like they're turned off and the other half look like they're broken. Uh-huh. Uh, which one specifically, Ham? Uh, I was actually going to track down to see where our camera control is. Uh, it could be some bad software. could be somebody switched them off. Or, you know, some sort of bug in the system. It's always possible. That yeah. sounds like a damn good idea to me. Oh, right, thanks. Uh, Wendy and I are going to go check it out. Sorry. Oh, 
Oh, I haven't introduced you guys to Wendy. He shows his tricorder. Ah, Wendy, she's a T15 tricorder, latest uh, Starfleet issue, a few modifications here and there. I swapped out the main sensing unit, the processor is a little, you know, some people say, you know, uh, it's it's illegal, but you know we won't talk about those modifications. But yeah, I called her Wendy. You you named your tricorder. Yeah, after why a I? F- after a female. Yeah, I look at it this way: women are the most mysterious things in the universe. So why not name my device, which can you know answer all of my questions, after a female? Oh, he's got me there. I have no further questions. All right. Well, uh, that, I believe that means we need to move on to the discovery phase. So, uh, Ham, uh, you and uh, uh, Wendy, uh, lead the way. All right. No one's ever told me to lead the way before. This will be fun. All right. Don't let it go to your head. Love it. So yeah, uh, eventually what happens is you leave the main atrium and sort of begin following the tricorder's indications of where the camera feeds are supposed to be feeding into. And it's probably no surprise that after maybe about five minutes of walking around and just generally getting a lay of the land, you actually come to the main security control for this part of the colony. And what you're seeing inside is that there is almost like a command center style where the entire large wall is consumed with monitors, hollow displays, readouts, numbers going back and forth. Um, There are maybe about four or five rows of terminal desks where a number of species are on display just sort of working the controls, otherwise uh, making sure that everybody is not just staying safe, but is actually maybe even doing a little bit of flight control here. And you all can enter into the main double doors, which will spit you in the back of the room. But the moment you come through the doors, um, a exocomp actually flies up to you and says, hello, it looks like you've entered into a restricted area. How may I be of assistance? Oh, how remarkable an exocomp. Take us to your leader. And the exocomp's little ears wiggle a little bit, and it makes a whirring noise and says, Accessing. Ah, identified as Lieutenant Commander Leif, Lieutenant Commander Reno, and Lieutenant Ham of the Cogley. You are cleared for access. Please follow me. And the exocomp turns and leads you to um, what looks to be a very large man. Uh, Again, human. But this man is almost bare more than he is man. So we're talking like seven feet tall. Uh, maybe, I don't want to say roided out, but he's definitely not normally muscled. Something's going on there. Um, he more or less wears a scowl on his face. And it's actually kind of an interesting juxtaposition because his body does not match his voice. And again, I'm not going to do it because it would become grading very quickly, but... If you will imagine a very high-pitched but still masculine voice as he kind of turns and sees who the hell the exocomp is bringing him, and he goes, XJ, what the hell did... Oh, Starfleet. Um, Hello? Uh, what, what can I do for you? Hello, I'm looking for a computer. Well, there's a bunch of those here. Can you be more specific? Uh, no, I guess I'll find a vacant one. Thank you. 
Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I you might be Starfleet and XJ might have let you in, but the hell are you doing here? Uh, 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 you'll have to forgive Ham. Uh, his uh, speaking is not his forte. Uh, uh, interfacing with machines is more his uh, 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 style. So uh, I, I, on the other hand, am very good at speaking, as you can obviously tell. Uh, uh, Lieutenant uh, Commander Reno, uh, at your service, sir. And, and you are? I'm Lieutenant. And again, there's that odd thing where I'm not going to have you roll it again. There's that moment of hesitation. And again, you sort of look critically at him. It does look indeed like he is also sleep deprived to the point of maybe inebriation. But something I should maybe clarify is that until their names were asked, you weren't picking up on that. It's only once they you ask them their name that this has become something noticeable. Uh, sir? Oh, sorry. Uh, sudden wave of fatigue. Uh, right. My name. Uh, my name is, uh, Vigo. Lieutenant Vigo at your uh, service. Uh, well, uh, nice to meet you, Lieutenant. This is, uh, uh, Lieutenant Commander Leif. Uh, and you've already met Ham. Um, we are, uh, investigating the, uh, situation with, uh, uh Veman and the, uh, Mining tool theft and so on. And, uh, uh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. We're having some questions about We want to ask you some questions and we want to do a, a, a sort of a diagnostic, if you'll allow us, uh, on the, uh, the security uh, camera system. Oh, well, I probably can save you some bit of time there. Uh, Ionstorm last week knocked out half the cameras and the others we had to turn off because half the circuits were fried. Hmm. Well, this Ionstorm, is that uh, common uh, in this colony or was that no, sort of a, an outlier? A, definitely an outlier. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere, all things considered. Hmm. Well, uh, if... If you don't mind, I, I'd still like uh, our boy Ham here to take a look at it. Um, uh, we'll we'll have him take care of this. And uh, uh, Leif, will you um, will you ask uh, our our new lieutenant friend here some questions while I um, handle Ham? Yes, you supervise Ham. Uh, I will ask some questions of our friend here. So as Ham and Reno sort of are escorted by Vigo uh, to, no, don't worry, Vigo's coming back, but are escorted to a open terminal, Vigo comes back, and we're going to start with the questions, then we'll deal with Ham and, and Reno. So Vigo, again, just sort of rubs his temples, rubs his eyes a little bit and says, man, I feel like I haven't gotten sleep in a long time. Uh, sorry, uh, Mr. Leif, was it? Um, what can I do for you? What what, what can I answer for you? Uh, now, the security staff here are they starfleet or colonists uh mixed group actually um since i'm the head of security uh obviously i'm starfleet and he points at his red uniform uh but a lot of the sort of lower workers are just your average sort of uh what's the term contractor mm -hmm. okay and uh you said an ion storm knocked out some of your security cameras well it wasn't just the ion storm and the 
sorry. Let me start that sentence over. And again, he rubs his temples. Man, I, I'm sorry. I think after I'm done talking to you, I'm going to go get some sleep. But uh, no, uh, the ion storm that came through didn't just affect the cameras. It also affected uh, a lot of other systems. We had uh, life supports problems burning out in the colony. Uh, we had some failure in the anti-gravity units. Uh, hell, I think there's still a uh, faucet on uh, deck three that is spilling out into the hallway at this point. Okay. Um, you know, I have a question about this. Uh, you, you seem really tired there, uh, Lieutenant Vigo. Uh, you're not the first officer I've come across who seems to be suffering from some form of sleep deprivation. Uh, I was informed that you run pretty tight schedules. Uh, is it normal for you to feel so sleep deprived? I'd like you to roll me a presence and either command or security on this one. Difficulty of two. And you do have yeah. free momentum if you so wish. I recommend spending one of those to get that third dice up your chances quite a bit. Yeah, I'm considering that too. What uh, what did you say to roll? Uh, control? Uh, presence, neither command or security. Ah, okay. Mm, what's higher? Okay. I am definitely going to spend one of those momentum for an extra die. All right. Uh, would you consider this interrogation as a focus? I actually would, yes. Awesome. All right, survey says... You can do it, roll 20, I believe in you. Yeah. Roll 20 is sleep-deprived. There it is. There it is. Oh, maybe not on my end. Let me... Is it... Let's and let me check different what? browser. Yeah, because it's not That's weird. Up for I'm not me. seeing it either. Yeah. Yeah. Roll twenty Y you do this. Roll twenty Y. One two two. One two two. All right. I'll take your word for it. So that would be five successes. And uh that would mean you actually get three momentum back. So I believe you're at five right now. Uh, because you were at three, you spent one, so yeah, you need five. Yeah. Um but what you notice immediately is uh, Vigo actually sort of slumps his shoulder a little bit and says, yeah, not going to lie. It's uh, it's a little rough. Uh, we pull a lot of double and even, even triple shifts uh, pretty often. But, uh, man, I got to be honest. I, I haven't felt this tired since my first week here. I mean, I... I mean, I, I my blood might be half racked to Gino, but uh, usually I, I can handle a double shift like this, no problem. But, man, it's like I'm a greenhorn again. Uh, so are you just understaffed? Is that why you're running such long shifts? No, quite the opposite. It's more that we just have that level of volume coming in and out of the colony. Uh, has anything unusual happened lately around here? Mm, besides the Ion Storm and Vimian, uh... Not really, not that I can think of. Okay, I just have a few uh, standard questions for you. Uh, I noticed that your lift crews are also uh, mixed uh, colonists and uh, Starfleet. That's correct. 
is it normal for there to only be one Starfleet officer in charge at a time? In general, yeah. They usually manage about 10 to 15 people at a time. Okay. Uh, how many active lifts does the uh, colony have? Well, uh, you're at main lift two at the moment, and there are three others, so I guess that means four overall. Okay. Uh, now, it seems that some of your cameras are turned off. Uh, is there a particular reason for this that you know of? Well, as I said, after that whole ion storm came through, well, uh, it was sort of one of those situations where we could have left them on, but uh, they were basically overloading the EPS conduits and they would have just burnt themselves out. We're still waiting on a shipment of new ones to come in, but uh, yeah, for the most part, we're mostly relying on um, actual body cameras, if you get my meaning. Yes. Um, out of the four lifts, are any of them dedicated specifically to Federation goods over colony goods? Mm, lift three is primarily Federation and lift four is primarily anything related to the Tholians, if that helps. Yes, thank you. Um, what uh, what lift uh, was Vimian stationed at whenever the uh, proposed theft occurred? Uh, my knowledge, they were coming up lift four. And how many people are usually working a lift? Uh, anywhere from 30 to 50. Was uh, Vimian the only Starfleet officer working at that time? No, I mean, as far as I know, they just kind of came in with their uh, Type 3 transport and uh, just kind of did a routine check and sent them on their way. Now, out of character, what I would say here is that when I say Type 3, I mean the big kind of transport. So Type 1 is your standard personal. Type 2 is your slightly larger open bed. Type 3 are the two-man big ones. Is there a type four? There is a type four, but it's mostly for actually like interplanetary, like from surface to the, uh, the, you know, outer atmosphere kind of thing. But I don't think you've seen a type four in action yet. No. Fingers crossed. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, what kind of, uh, have you ever met Vimian before? I mean, she... It's the only Vorta on the planet, as far as I know. Kind of hard to miss her. Yes, uh, fair point. Uh, what kind of read do you have on her? Uh, and he kind of hesitates. Let's just say there's been a few times I wish I could have locked her up, but she always got away on a technicality. So a bit of a troublemaker, you'd say? I would definitely say that, yes. All right. Uh, before I uh, go to rejoin my uh, fellow officers, uh, I feel like I should inform you that your petty officer uh, down below, uh, I didn't catch the uh, officer's name, uh, 
You're, you're not thinking of Olaf, are you? Kind of uh, older guy, great, gray, scraggly beard. Yes, that would be him. Oh. Uh, he has been uh, relieved. Uh, oh. He was a little uh, off the job, as it were. Uh, so you might want to find somebody to take his uh, place while he's catching some rack time. Okay, that's not really my department, but I'll see that his supervisor knows. Yeah, whoever needs to know. That's all. Uh, thank you for your time. Oh, of course. And he, he literally yawns like big old stretchy yawn type thing. And is at this point, we're going to pan the camera over to Ham and Reno so Ham and Reno, what are you guys looking for at this point? I think Ham would have, well, first of all, when he's made his way over to a computer, I think it this far into the operations, he's managed to pick up one of the patches that I, I'm just making up that probably some of the personnel wear. And mm -hmm. he's somehow lifted one of them. He has some light fingers and he's sort of attached it underneath his comm badge because like he just, he wants to be part of the team. But anyway, he, he finds a computer, he slides in, he puts Wendy down and he says, oh, Hello, beautiful. Tell me your secrets. And he just starts trying to break. Uh, he starts navigating the computer, seeing anything that's locked, any password system or anything that's protected. That's probably where he's going to look first, even if it has nothing to do with the camera. Why don't you roll me a insight and security here? Difficulty of one. Uh, guys, I might spend a momentum if you're cool with that, because my security is... That's pretty terrible. How many do we have at the moment? You should have five. At five, the yeah. Five, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, we got plenty to, to, to go around. Uh, computers focus? Computers focus would definitely apply. All right, there is three successes, which means you get uh, cat momentum by my count. You're back at six. So... Right. This is more speaking to the real world, but you know how in the real world, half the people in, out there just sort of write down their password and username on a sticky note and just leave it on the terminal? Yeah, kind of the same thing here, where you start to run into walls, but then you look to your right of where you're tapping, and there's just a sticky note with a username and password on it. And if you are to enter in such a thing, you gain full access very quickly. Huh. Well, that was easy. Thank you, mystery person, for giving me all of your all of your secrets. And Ham will just start looking around for anything that's juicy. Uh, right. uh, uh, Ham, you know that. Try to focus here. We're we're not after people's, uh, uh, you know, online shopping uh, uh, history or or their um, uh, erotic predilections. Let's say. Let's just focus on the camera system, huh? And not even stopping him is continuing to type in command after command. He's trying to pull up all the file systems. And he says, well, Commander, in my experience, the more access you have, the more you can find out quicker. So my idea is if I can crack open all of the secrets of this system, we could quickly find out exactly what was going on with the security cameras. Right, but we don't have to look at all of it. Do you, do you understand my meaning? Oh, no, no, no. We won't look at this file system here for uh, some sort of Tellerite guy. Uh, oh, yeah. We will not be looking at that folder for sure. Well, that, that's... Uh... Yeah, let's just uh, just scroll down. 
I think what Ham would probably be looking for is he's going to look at anything about the cameras, mm -hmm. uh, if they're functional, how many could be turned on that are turned off. And he's then after that's going to look for any information on the ion storm. Let's see. Why don't you roll me a, we'll call this a control and an engineering here. And difficulty, I'll make a two. Since we're capped on momentum, I might spend one momentum. I'm pretty good at this, but I want to. No, you're important. cut off. I'm cut off. Everybody gets one. <laughs> how, how many did you? How many did you want to spend? Just one. Yeah. Uh, right. Focus and computers. Still? Focus and computers would apply. Uh, All right. So interestingly, yeah. I think what you look at, Ham, is you're not able to get one way or another why the cameras are off. Like. It's one of those things where you should be able to push this button here and turn them on, but you maybe press it a few times for a different a number different number of cameras, and none of them turn on. It seems like they have been physically blocked somewhere along the line. Wow. Well, sir, if you take a look here, it looks like some of these cameras have been physically tampered with. Yeah. So, so you're sure that it's some kind of uh, 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 mechanical sabotage or something and not uh, add that uh, permissions have been uh, rerouted to some other system or terminal or something? Well, I wouldn't say it was sabotage, uh, but it's certainly not a software issue. I think we I think we could safely say it's sabotage. I mean they wouldn't call us over here for some kind of clerical issue. Uh, we're we're uh, we're uh, playing in the the big leagues now, Ham. I guess it I guess it could be sabotage. I mean, they they have an exocomp, right? They've got to be nice people. Okay. You just keep thinking that, buddy. But I was going to check out any sensor logs of that ion storm because while I'm no astrophysicist, I would think that at least the planet's ionosphere could stop some of that. Enough to actually overload cameras down at such a micro level seems kind of unusual. I mean, wouldn't everything else be broken? You'd think so. So, Ham, very important role here. I need you to roll me a reason and a science difficulty of four. And okay, Reno so... can assist you on this, but Reno has to tell me how he's assisting on this. Oh, boy. Um... No pressure, of course. Reason and science, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh... Also do a five momentum if you need it. I have a pretty good reason science, but that's still about 65% chance of success off of one dice. So I might actually, I might kind of go for the marbles here and buy three. Okay. So that uh, would be five momentum and one threat. Well, how about, um, how about two dice if you're going to assist Reno? Well, I'm still trying to figure out if I can even do that. Oh, so, okay. so uh, am I, I, I'm tied to reason and science, right? I mean, if you have a different pitch, I'm, Certainly, I'm all ears. Okay. Um, can I do, um, let's say, insight and security? Okay. To um, 
I'm sort of like, you know, over Ham's shoulder, kind of like acting as a, a sort of an advisor. And, and I think, I, I, th- I think I have some uh, familiarity with like these kind of like nested computer systems from dealing with uh, uh, multiple parties and their own like software and like trade deals and negotiations and comm mm. stuff. And I, I, I think maybe Reno, I, I have an eye for like, you know, oh, that, that looks promising. Let's go that way. Or it's like, oh, there's a lot of, there's a particular amount of data here or a lot of read, write access. Let's try that. You know, um, just sort of like doing a kind of supervisory thing, uh, helping Ham jump to the relevant bits. Yeah, I'd, I'd allow it. I think that's a good role. And for the future, something that Crow has, and I'm not saying we do this at all, but he has the collaboration uh, talent. So if we get in contact with him somehow, he can actually give his science discipline to somebody, which is a science of four, just for wow. the future. But we don't, we don't need him. Yeah, you don't. Who needs? We're that gonna guy? call. We're gonna call him, and he's gonna cut off our fingers. We we gotta do this ourselves. <laughs> Bossy Klingon. Who needs that guy? Yeah. Oh, cool. Right, well, okay, so I'm gonna buy. One. I'm gonna buy two dice. So science. Uh, sorry, we said science. Reason. Science reason. Science reason. Yep. Okay. Uh, would you say I have a focus in this? Let's take a gander at your focuses here. Computers, experimental devices, and communications. I actually think two of those would apply. So yeah, go for it. All right. We did so it. that is the requisite four successes just on the nose. So what both of you come to realize very quickly is that that wasn't an ion storm. I mean, yes, the classical signs of an ion storm are there, you know, charged particles hitting the planet's atmosphere, causing a barometric disturbance which leads to a thunderstorm that is a little bit charged. It's all too convenient. And in fact, the more you look at the data, the more you realize that this quote-unquote ion storm was artificial in nature. Meaning somebody basically bombarded the planet with an ion stream until a fake ion storm more or less formed. Well, sir, I don't like the look of this fake on storm. It's... Fake on storm, nice. Ham, don't ever say why that. somebody don't 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 ever say that again. Oh, sorry. Well, I can't imagine why somebody would want to do this. Are you kidding me? Uh, well, I probably would have a better punchline for my joke if I were. How how old are you, Ham? Uh, I am twenty five. Right. So you're. By human terms, you're basically an infant. No, no. Um, I look. Uh, you, you I know, I understand. You're young. You know, you're you're basically you know uh, uh, a fetus uh, at this point, walking around. You have no sense of the world and how it works, and and uh, knives in the do, dark and so on. And uh, do Ferengi fetuses walk? That's got to be painful. It's more of a extended metaphor there, Ham, if you let me finish. Oh, oh, sorry. You got to understand. Uh, I come from a society where uh, our, our culture, our religion, our sheer drive is about profit. It's about gaining what everyone else is losing, right? Now, even though we are uh, very much 
concerned with that idea, that, uh, that philosophy, that doesn't mean that uh, other people aren't obsessed with the idea of gaining at somebody else's expense too. In fact, I'd venture that most of the species that you'll meet in this great galaxy of ours are just as interested in uh, a little bit of uh, applied greed, if you will. And so I have absolutely no surprise whatsoever that somebody wanted to start a little bit of nonsense to get maybe an experimental mining tool out of the uh, out of the bargain. And you hear crunch, crunch, and he's eating another pretzel. But she, Commander, if they wanted to, <clears throat> if they wanted to steal something, I, there's probably a billion better ways than trying to make a planet-wide uh, stellar event. I mean, I was just poking around over there, and all you have to do is remove one of those, um, you know, secondary uh, power couples, and then the whole system can go out. I, I just say there's there's a hundred better ways to do that. Maybe so, Ham, but. That's not to say that this theft was the only theft that has happened. In fact, if you wanted to get multiple, uh, let's say, operations going at the same time, what better way than to create a, a blanket-wide issue with the security cameras by way of a natural uh, uh, weather formation? I hadn't thought of that, Commander. That's what they pay me for, Am. Well, I could keep digging if you'd like. I could scan personal logs, or uh, let's see, we could drop in our own our own program if we'd like to then sniff any commands anyone's entered into the system. Ah, uh, hell, we're already here. Yeah. All right. And he he flexes his fingers. The whole package. Oh no no no! Not the Tellarite stuff. Don't keep that. Put that, delete that. Just get rid of it. I, I wouldn't put that on our file system, sir. That's uh, some disturbing imagery. Lots of butter and uh, grease and, uh, uh, yeah, you don't want to know. I like to imagine it's not anything lewd. It's literally just like a skillet with butter in it and they're cooking scallops and it's it's just the most obscene thing out there. Yeah, but I think Ham's Ham's filter is very different from everyone else's. It's it, it's it, the the footage is in slow motion though, so it's weirdly erotic. Oh God, one of those cooking Just channel shows. Of, I gotcha. Yeah, a lot of breakfast based content. There you yeah. go. Which, as we know, is at least one percent ass. <laughs> On that note, why don't we take a five to ten minute break? We'll be back shortly. Stream. Stick around. And welcome back. If you're just joining us, well, Chronoton has actually just done a very lovely summary in chat, which I will basically TLDR. Long story short, uh, the lovely intrepid crew, uh, Mr. Reno, Mr. Leif, and Mr. Ham, they've discovered that there is a bit of a conspiracy going on on the planet of Smear. Uh, not only is a Vorta officer accused of stealing a mining prototype, but there are signs that a artificial ion storm was created in order to obscure and otherwise tamper with the security systems of the colony. But where we're going to resume is actually in the colony's brig. So let me move it to there. So... In the brig, uh, it is actually settled uh, or laid out in a way that is very similar to, say, on a starship. Um, you basically walk into the holding cell area. 
there's about two security officers on duty just sort of monitoring everything. And behind uh, them are a series of rows of holding cells. And the holding cells, of course, have a bed in them. Uh, they have a refresher, et cetera, et cetera. And most of the holding cells are actually empty. In fact, as you proceed through, it's only in the smallest one in the farthest back row on the left that you find uh, who must be uh, Lieutenant Junior Grade Vimian. Uh, she is Vorda. And what I would say is that uh, in terms of appearance, she actually looks more like a Regellian than she does a Vorta. So she still has sort of those, um, I don't want to say built in, but almost like those streamlined ears that Vorta have. But she also mm -hmm. has some of the prominent ridging that you would maybe see on a, on a uh, Rigelian. And as you sort of come and stand in front of her force field, uh, she kind of looks up and says, oh, um, hi, uh, you are, are you my lawyers or are, are you? We are on a good day. Okay. Um, cool. Um, can, I mean, if I, I guess you need my side of the story is, is why you're here. I'm guessing. Do you have a side to this story? I mean, I, I do. It's one I've repeated again and again. Mm -hmm. And I would say even without a role, you see her just very cautiously like glance toward the security officers in the room and then back at you and sort of mouth like not here. Uh, I would like to check out the room. Are there security cameras in here? Uh, there are. There are two, and they do have blinking lights, which would indicate they are probably active. You know, Commander, uh, I think I quite figured this out. If we were able to send uh, a charge into this corner, he points into the corner of the, the force field, and then that corner, I think that would take the force field down entirely. Ham, I love the enthusiasm. Uh, and I'm going to put a hand on his shoulder, and I'm going to say... Why don't you inspect those two security cameras over there? Make sure they're in fit operating order. And then a little bit quieter, uh, I'm going to say it wouldn't be a bad thing if they were turned off for a little while. Uh, and then uh, I'd like to take my hand off his shoulder and then turn to the security and say, gentlemen, I am Lieutenant Commander Leif. Uh, I need to talk to my... Uh, client here and uh client attorney privilege i will need you to leave the room until we're done oh, of course sir should i disable the cameras as well yes please and since you are a recognized jag officer uh they do of course do as you ask where they type a few things on their console the cameras turn off and they leave the room and as they're doing so they say we'll be right outside if you need us Thank you very much. And then I'll uh, return back to Ham. Just make sure that we're not being monitored, please. Ham will double check. And yeah, as Ham's doing that, you have both of you, both Reno and Leif, you've got a uh, client to interrogate. Uh, so, uh, JG Vimian, we are now alone. We're not being uh, monitored. Feel free to speak freely. What happened? 
Well, um, I mean, I guess I should come clean. Uh, yeah, I was, I was operating a type three on my own. I know that's against regs and I know that I was originally supposed to be in a type one, but, um, let's just say with that whole ion storm going on, I, I didn't trust myself to be able to control a type one. Um, and when I tried to find someone to buddy up with me on the type three, uh, well, uh, everybody was too tired, or at least that was the excuse I got. So, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you up front that, yeah, yeah, you're probably going to have to deal with the fact that they're going to want to nail me for using a Type 3 unauthorized. But I, I can say with utmost certainty that I did not steal this mining device thing. Do you know uh, the merchant... Glanix at all? I mean, I know of him. I till this incident, I just thought he was just some random Tholian merchant just getting goods from the light side of the planet to the dark side. Which, by the way, I don't think it's been mentioned so far. The Tholians are on the tidally locked sunny side of the planet. And the Federation colony starts at sort of that twilight zone between the light and the dark and then goes primarily into the dark. Uh, so was the merchant on the lift with you that day? Oh, no, no. Um, just I was given a bunch of packages, told to take them back here, use lift four and... That's that's about it. I mean, it was standard operation until, you know, security came marching down to my quarters and arrested me when I was asleep. Okay. Uh, were you aware of what any of the packages contained at all? No, not my job to know what's in them, just to get them from point A to point B. Okay. So while you were on the lift the ion storm was happening was there anything else that may have caught your notice and she thinks for a moment you know that you mention it it is a little bit weird that i keep hearing about people being sleepy i mean yeah we work hard and we rarely have time off but i don't know it seems weird to me that so many people are calling out tired yeah, I've uh, noticed that as well. How long has this been going on for? And she thinks, rubs her chin in thought. Maybe about a month, maybe. But I didn't actually start hearing about it until a week ago when the whole, you know, supposed theft happened. Now, have uh, you at any point felt uh, tired or exhausted in any way? No, I feel fine. Well, obviously, I'm a little bit annoyed and mad that I'm in here, but no, I'm otherwise fine. Uh, is there anyone else that you regularly come in contact with that has uh, not complained of this fatigue? She thinks. You know, now that you say that, I actually can't think of any acquaintances. I mean, even... Uh, Depos, the the head of the colony, even he's kind of been one of those sleepy zombies. Now that I think about it, and at this point, 
I think it would be fair that if Ham, Leif, or Reno would like to roll me a Reason Medicine at a difficulty of three using Xenobiology as a focus, you might learn something here. I was actually just about to suggest that we uh, get on the horn to uh, Admiral Crove. Oh, well then, get if his you want to get on the horn. Here. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. if you want to get on the horn, go for it. I'll uh, tap the, the badge and... Uh, 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 come in, Admiral. Can you hear me? This is Crove. Uh, we are following a lead down here about uh, a strange rash of... Uh, well, let, let me finish. It's not just a strange rash. Uh, of uh, fatigue issues amongst uh, both the workers and the administration down here. And we were uh, wondering if we could get your scientific expertise on that. There are still a phenomenon, of course, that could be creating fatigue uh, to most species of the Federation. Uh, that is not entirely impossible. Also, the dark side of the planet could be creating uh, a bit of issues with fatigue. What's what's the what's the nature, the severity, I guess, of this fatigue? Well, it seems to me that there are two unusual factors here. Uh, one, uh, Vimian, the Vorta uh, Lieutenant Junior Grade, uh, our, our client here, uh, has been unaffected by this uh, sweep of uh, fatigue and, and, and sleep deprivation symptoms. And two, it doesn't seem to really surface itself until we... Uh, well, uh, what would you say, Leif, that we ask them their name or for to introduce themselves? Uh, yeah, whenever we ask them the, I guess, do anything that could be considered beyond normal function. Like if you get used to doing something over and over again, and then somebody asks you to do something that's not normal, like introducing yourself to a new person. There is a type of targeted hypnosis that creates a similar effect to what you are describing. Is that, is that something that could be projected over a, a whole swath of a colony? There are scientific ways to do that. Also a particularly powerful telepath. Right. Might be able to do something like that. Particularly impressive telepath, I might add. There are a number of ways. The difficulty would be the number of variety of species and, of course, the range. Now, I, I, now sir, I, I don't know much about uh, the Vorta's biology, right? How they function. Uh, are they uh, particularly immune to hypnosis or, or, or uh, mental effects? Uh out of character, I know that we saw the one Vorta who had uh, powers of telekinesis, but I cannot remember if they were like able to block telepathy or anything. I don't think we ever get a solid answer in DS9, but my understanding is, yes, they're not something that Betazoids can read. So if Betazoids can't read them, then they're probably somewhat resistant, if not immune. That makes sense. Okay. Would that be common knowledge? Like, would Crove have that information to communicate... I think Crove would know that, yeah. That would be something he would know. Well, Crove would certainly share that, that it's possible Avorda might be able to block any sort of telepathic suggestion. Hmm. 
Do you know, uh, Admiral, what kind of species would be capable of transmitting that kind of telepathic uh, uh, command or, or effect? There have been records of Vulcans who are highly uh, telepathic, projecting not only emotions but other ideas across uh, vast distances and to a number of individuals. Of course, highly telepathic species like betazoids are also suspect. Hmm. It is, of course, very theoretical. This is hypothesis with no evidence. But it is possible that in addition to mechanical means, it could be something from a species, a, a, a biology of a species as, as, use, as of the use of telepathy. Well, Leif, what do you think? I think that we need to talk to Tapas. Yeah. Get a little bit more information. Um, Admiral, we've been informed that during the uh, proposed theft, there was an ion storm. And my understanding is that uh, we have reason to believe that it may have been uh, a created storm or uh, artificially induced for us yes uh, if there's anything you can do for us up there uh scanning wise uh, just to see if you can find anything on your end uh perhaps that might help uh figure out who was responsible uh it seems to me that the storm knocking out security as well as this hypnosis that seems to have only really taken effect at the same time as the storm uh, may have something to do with this theft. Uh, this could be a, a simple two things happening at the same time, or we may be mixed up in something a little bit more intense, diplomatically speaking. Yes, Commander. I will have Captain Marcus do an investigation and also have him coordinate with the Tholians on the other side of the planet to see what information they may have on this ion storm. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Admiral. And he just cuts off the transmission. I mean, that, that seemed like, like that, that was worth keeping all my fingers, right? Oh, yes. No, definitely. I think we're, we're all fine so far. And Vimian uh, sort of speaks up and says, I'm I'm sorry, what why would you be losing fingers? Long story. Uh, you know, yeah. Klingons. <laughs> yeah. ELH, since we were talking with Crove, can yes. I use um Spirit of Discovery, perhaps using his value of a broken blade is still sharp to give the group three momentum? You may certainly do that, yes. Excellent. All right. So yeah, if I understand correctly, your next port of call is uh, Depas, if I heard correctly. Now, you, uh, L, you you proposed a, a test when we actually contacted a Admiral Crove. Right. Uh, actually, should, no. Should still... You you covered it during the role play. Like I okay. I think right. you you guys figured it out on your own that you know it it wasn't something I needed to give you a hint for. So okay. Okay. 
yeah, and then I, I guess our, our next uh, uh, task would be to talk to DePaz and yeah, um, right. see what his deal is. Uh, uh, before we take yes. off, I would like to ask uh, the uh, Vimian. It seems to me that a lot of people here have the opinion that you're a bit of a troublemaker. Uh, what do you? How do you feel about that? Well, uh, what I would say is probably about half the rumors are true. I mean, I I'm good at my job. I make sure things get where they need to go, and. Uh, that's why I'm in such high demand, because I don't deal with the red tape if you get my meeting. Absolutely. Uh, we will be uh, getting in touch with you pre-trial uh, to let you know what our strategy is going to be. Yeah. Yeah, that um, sounds good. That, that, that does sound good. All right. Rest easy, Vimian. So to answer your question there, GM Josh, um, I would say if you want that information from the Tholians and the uh, Cogley itself investigation, if you give me two momentum, you can get that right away, or I'll just naturally give it to you at the cliffhanger at the end of the session. I'll leave that decision to you too. I'm impatient. Let's Let's get that info now. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's go for it. It's yeah, I have to agree. Okay. Okay. So the next thing on as you're on your way to see DePas, um, Leif, you get a chirp on your communicator, and it's uh, Captain Marcus on the horn. And Marcus says, All right, uh, as per the Admiral's guidance, I'm letting you know what myself and the Tholians and everybody here on the Cogley has found. Long story short, uh, we found a old Talarian vessel that was bombarding the planet's poles with ions uh we cut it off uh we were able to stop the ion flow but uh what was interesting was the talarian freighter uh was otherwise unmanned it was all automated and the tholians did see that there was transporter activity to and from the vessel uh during the reported time of the theft but beyond that, we just don't know anymore. We would have to board the vessel and conduct a further investigation. And you said it was sent commands? It seems to have been a drone ship, yes. And for those who don't remember the Talarians, uh, the Talarians were the... Um, sort of, the, I don't want to call them backwaters because that's probably too mean to them, but they were kind of that, what we see in the suddenly human episode of TNG, where they literally had like lasers and that they were, you know, very warrior like had sort of that prominent ridge and lobes on their head. Um, they were very interesting, but we only ever saw them during that one episode. And I may or might not have chosen them here because I know GM Josh loves the Talarians. <laughs> and if it matters, um, I'll just throw this out there for giggles. Ractaginos have an intoxicating effect on Talarians. Just going to throw do. that out there. Free, free little bit of knowledge for you. I would say... Sending a security team to that freighter would probably be a good idea. Yeah. I think Crove would probably have just said, let's do it. 
Okay. So while that uh, raid is going on, we are going to cut to DePasse's office. So let's just get that sound going again. And yeah, uh, when you get into uh, DePasse's office, it is the highest room uh, in the tallest building of the highest floating part of the colony. And you get the sense just walking in and seeing the expansive sort of vista that is afforded to you. This is a gentleman that likes to make sure people know his authority and his power level because everything in this place has been situated to project that level of power, that level of authority from the way the chairs are positioned to face in towards his desk from the various um, esoteric items that are on display, including things like a uh, a Klingon Batleth, including things like a Herc Carapace. Uh, you're seeing very, shall we say, museum-like art pieces that are just on display so that anybody could walk in and see them. Now, DePas himself is a bit of a... I guess munchkin would be a word I would use for him because he is quite literally four foot eight. He is a very tiny Vulcan. Mm. And much like how Vigo was more baby faced and baby voiced, DePas is very much sort of that deep baritone. And he has ears that if they were any larger, you'd think he was a Ferengi, but he's still very much Vulcan, all things considered. Okay. <laughs> but as you all are escorted in by his secretary, who then leaves you with DePas, DePas turns from looking out of the window and goes, Well, gentlemen, I understand you're already making waves and you've only been on the colony for what, four hours, five hours at this point? I've got reports that I've got dock workers who have uh, been relieved of duty. Uh, does Does he seem... Uh, by the the voice you're giving him i'm assuming the answer is yes does he seem okay like he's not tired or anything like that yeah i mean he's coming across loud and clear right now uh sir i i don't know anything about any um uh, uh release of duty uh but what i do know is that we haven't been properly introduced uh what's your name sir and his eyes narrow at you. And it's at this point, again, no role required. There is a noticeable look of confusion on his face, but it's very brief. It only lasts for maybe about 10 seconds before he sort of comes back to himself. And in the same voice as before, he says, why would you? I'm the boss. I'm the one in charge of this colony. Yes, of, of course. My mistake, sir. Uh, we've met a lot of individuals over the last uh, 48 hours or so. And sometimes it can be a little bit much for my uh, uh, Ferengi brain. <laughs> oh, so they sent me the brain dead Jag officers. Great, great, great. And I think I think perfectly to go along with that in the background, Ham, because he realizes he's not a part of this conversation anyway. He's in the back looking at all the artifacts that this guy has, like, you know, all the, the strange weapons. And at one point he makes his way to the Batleth that you were talking about. And he takes it off the wall and he's like, I've always wanted one of these. And he starts playing with it. Put it back. Put it back. Put it back. Oh, oh sorry. I've got to get me one of these. Sorry. Is it real or is it? Of know, course like it's real. I want it in a. And this time he actually wobbles on his feet 
and has to like catch himself on his desk and says, Oh God. Ugh, shouldn't have had that third rack to Gino. What was I saying? Oh yes, put my damn batlith back. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sir, uh I apologize for our associate. Uh he's a little excitable. Um if if you'll indulge me, I, we we have some questions we'd like to ask you about the um, the Vimian incident. And you can tell that he's doing his best to remain that calm, collected Vulcan after a little outburst there, and he finally says, "Yes, ask your questions." Uh, thank you, sir. Um, first of all, um, what was your mother's name? He he blinks very slowly at you, and at this point, he pushes a button on his desk and says, uh, Marion, can you get me in contact with, uh, what was his name, Admiral Krav? I want to know why he sent me two buffoons. And after a moment, I think, Krav, you are tied into this meeting. This is Admiral Krav. Yes, uh, Admiral Krav, I mean this with all due respect, but why the hell did you send me two idiots? Who are you referring to? Uh, the Bajoran and the Ferengi and uh, the other one, I guess. Like They're asking such inane questions that I question why you have such JAG officers like them. Administrator, if this is your form of a joke... I would like to tell you, I have no sense of humor. Oh, no, I wish I was joking. But no, they are... I I don't know what to tell you, Admiral. I think you might have a problem with your officers. Uh, 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 Excuse me. Uh, uh, Admiral, sir, uh, this line of questioning is perfectly reasonable, and uh, I believe we are hot on the case, sir. So uh, no need to sharpen anything or to examine the lengths of people's digits and, and perhaps do some mental math uh, if you catch my drift, sir. Indeed, Commander. Continue with your line of questioning at Administrator. If you find the interrogation of my officer by my officers to be unpleasant, you're welcome to come to the Cogley and I will interrogate you myself. However, I promise it will be much less comfortable. Admiral. I would like you to roll me a presence and command. This is, Difficulty this is of five. Oh, God. Jesus. Ooh, okay, well, guys, we got... We got oh, I've already used my determination. We've got three momentum. Spend I'm it. really good at command presence, but this feels like a, a big one. Um, intimidation is a focus? Intimidation will definitely count as a focus. So what do you guys think? Buy two more dice? Go for four dice here? Yeah, yeah. Buy yeah. it, yeah. Uh, while he rolls this, uh, the administrator is a colonist, right? He's not a Starfleet officer? No, he's he's definitely civilian. Okay. Oh, just just too close. So close. One The one dice didn't play with the other. I mean, um, you could... Yeah. Ch- I know it's early in the character's reign, but you could... Actually, real quick, you know what I realized I haven't given you is I didn't give you all directives. And it's something I have to keep in mind moving forward for all my Star Trek game. But technically, 
Um, there are directives tied to every mission that you send a Star Trek Adventures party on. And it's meant to be so that those who don't have a focus can sort of tie it back to the directive and use it like a value. So if you were to, say, challenge that value in some way, you could then maybe get a point of determination. You, you see where I'm going with this. Um, so the directives will be the following. The first is to ensure that the Tholians do not. How do I say this? The Tholians do not enter into a war with the Federation over Smear. That's one directive. The second directive mm -hmm. is to ensure the colony continues to function at its current level. And those are your two directives. Is it too late, by the way, Al? Because we yeah. already sort of established this, but I, I wanted to try to um, assist in some way. I mean, it would make sense that you could conceivably give me your own presence command as an assist, um, but it would kind of come down to whether you wanted the assist or whether Krav wanted to challenge a directive here. Right. I think no, actually... I'm just, I wanted to put that on the table. I've got a value I think Krov could challenge that I think would actually work here. So he's got a okay. value. The honor of Starfleet comes before personal honor. Mm -hmm. uh, I think with this guy basically saying that his officers are idiots he's going to take that very personally so i think he could perhaps forget about that a little bit and he's going to be a little more pushy than probably should be i tell you what i won't ha well yeah that makes sense you know now that i think about it that makes a lot of sense i like it so yeah that would give you your determination which you could use to re-roll as many dice as you wish it's probably too late to give you a threat isn't it yeah just a little bit yeah i forgot i have bold command i should have used it that's my fault uh... Gosh, I kind of need to roll two dice here. Uh, one dice. I mean, gosh, my my score is so good. I, so we're, I all, we're already in a situation where we, we don't have the successes that we need. Yeah. It's not like that we can do worse because we've already technically failed. So honestly, you should probably reroll all of them, right? Yeah, I agree. It's a good call. Yeah. Yeah, Fair I'll argument. just uh, do it again. Roll all four then. All right, fingers crossed. Got to stop talking about fingers, guys. And there you hey. go. That is, that is a significant change. That actually gets you a point of momentum back. Well done. Hey. So for the briefest moment, I think what happens is you see DePoss actively considering taking the Admiral up on his offer to fight on the Cogley. But maybe something in the way that Krav delivers the last line, it actually gets through to Depos, and Depos, uh, his shoulders slump, and he says, Very well, Admiral, I withdraw my uh, line of inquiry. My apologies for getting you involved. I understand, Administrator. These are difficult times. However, I assure you, my associates, while their questions may seem unusual, have very good intents. If you will work with them, you will be through this experience quickly. You have my word. Very good, Admiral. And and right as he's about to say something to the effect of, you know, to pass out, there's a sudden rock across the entire colony. Like you feel the ground beneath you shift and otherwise shudder. And in the background, uh, Krav, you hear uh, Captain Marcus shout, 
Uh, Captain, we've got an explosion in the uh, habitation block, uh, specifically in the brig quarter. Looks like somebody's trying to break our jailbird. Or break out our jail. You know what I'm trying to say, sir. And Ham says, it would have been so easy, but I didn't do it, guys. You don't... That, do you understand what incriminating yourself means, Ham? But I'm right here. I didn't do anything. I was like a Ferengi fetus just walking around so silent. Fingers, Ham. Uh, well, it is at that point uh, that DePost, you know, starts shouting orders at his staff and figuring out what's going on that I think maybe your meeting comes to a close as you go to investigate what's going on at the brig. Mm -hmm. And when you arrive, you see that indeed a hole has been blown in the back wall and Vimian is no longer there. She is missing for all things considered. Oh, come on. What is this Looney Tunes shit? Looney Tunes? Uh, it's a, oh, it's a... Uh... There were, uh, it's an entertainment, uh, a fiction created by Earth uh, in its early days. Very funny. Um, well, commanders, uh, if you don't mind, I'll take a look. The camera should have been turned back on when the security guards came back in. There might be some footage. All right. Tell us what you good got, think. Ham. Yeah. Good thinking, Ham. All right. Ham, very important role for you. Well, no, I need one. a daring and an engineering difficulty of three. I think the only way to make this happen, y'all, is to take that one momentum. I'm not using it. I'm not using it. Computers for a focus? Computers as a focus. If I could get an assist from someone, that would probably make it better. He's only got a 13 is what he's rolling here. Compute, uh, so what is it? It's security, I guess? Uh, it would be more engineering because the cameras were part of the wall okay. that got blown out. So I'm actually pretty good at engineering. Okay. Uh, so, so what would it be? Um, daring and engineering. In terms of daring and engineering. Yeah, I'll, I'll assist. Yeah. All right. Daring and engineering. All right. Well, there's two. Oh Wolf. no. So I think the complication is, unfortunately, the cameras that were part of the back wall, when the wall was blown out, the cameras and their black boxes went with them. So unfortunately, I think what that means is our final scene for today's session is you all just sort of staring out towards the light side of the colony as literally your client is in the wind. That is where we will end today's session. So yeah, what did you guys think? I know that was kind of more on the investigative side than it was on the trial side, but hopefully you guys are having fun. Oh yeah, definitely. I was, I, I'm going to be honest, Al, I was under the impression that this campaign would be entirely litigating Janeway, so I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> oh, I mean, it is tempting. I mean, how many counts of genocide could we get her on? I mean, let's be we have We have plenty of opportunities. Y you wait for me to come around to this again. I'm going to, the Tholians already, I'm working on a genocide case for the Tholians. He's going to bring it back to Janeway somehow, like, somehow this is Janeway's of Janeway. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Ah, see, that's where the Ractagino comes in because it's all motivated by she's, she's there's some kind of special coffee blend here that oh, yeah. she's trying to uh, get control of. Somebody pretty uh pretty early on mentioned uh coin tosses uh mm -hmm. and the possibility of us doing it. Uh I do here have a Starfleet Ooh. graduate challenge coin uh that I've worked into my backstory. 
Nice. So, nice. you know, if that ever comes up, we're good. Love it. I just imagine Leif in his quarters has one of those boards with like the lines and everything and in the center is Janeway. And he's like, everything goes back to Janeway. Oh yeah, the, the Pepe Silva moment. Yeah. He's like, yeah. There is <laughs> no actual Janeway in Starfleet. It's all a conspiracy. She never existed. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Well, um, this is where I'm going to end the YouTube recording, but Twitch stick around because we're going to raid somebody but YouTube. See you later. Bye-bye.